right, well, good morning once again. Good morning to those who are on Zoom or watching later online. So glad you're with us this morning. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we don't, well, we run into a lot of problems, don't we? Last week, we looked at the importance of regular confession in our lives. We saw that it rids us of damaging guilt and shame. It aligns our hearts with the heart of God. It unblocks our prayers. It uh, sets aside judgment. And it strengthens us against further sin and often leads to other beneficial actions in our lives. So, uh, good stuff, regular confession. Uh, today, I want to I do uh, uh, part two this morning. I want to look at three important questions when it comes to confession. And that is this, when should we confess? How should we confess? And to whom should we confess? The answers just may surprise you. Power of Confession, Part 2. First, let's look at the question of when. When should we confess our sin? Should we do it right away, or should we wait until we have some more time to be before God and talk to Him about it? And the answer is yes. The answer is yes. Uh, one thing that my friend Mike, who I mention a lot, um, taught me years ago uh, a phrase I'll never forget. He said, keep short accounts with God. Keep short accounts with God. Don't let stuff build. We, we talked about, again, last week, the, uh, the, the damage of guilt and shame and what that does. Um, but when, when, when we let a bunch of time goes by, go by, it, it helps us to just kind of shove it under the rug, you know, act like it's no big deal. Uh, figure out ways to justify it in our hearts and minds. So when that, when that Holy Spirit conviction comes and says, yeah, you blew it, we just need to get it out. Get, um, get, get it taken care of. We, we don't want to have the time. We don't ha want to have that, that, um, that separation, that distance between God and us um, get entrenched in our heart. David said this in Psalm 32, 1 to 3, or 1 and 3, I should say. Uh, Blessed is the one whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. And then he says this, verse 3, he says, For when I kept silent, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. You know, there's that, that guilt and shame, that heaviness that is there. And, and David says, you know, on the outside, everything looks good. We're, we're all good at that, right? Uh, I just heard somebody talking about that again uh, not too long ago. How, oh, Sunday morning church, how are you? Oh, I'm wonderful. When deep down, you know, I'm not wonderful. And everything's going on, you know, stuff. But we, we, we put on the Sunday morning smile sometimes, don't we? It's the same thing with the, with the heaviness of, of sin. You know, it weighs on us. And uh, every, it might look good, but David says, inside, it was eating me up. Right? We've probably all felt that one time or another. Oh, we want to get rid of that guilt and shame. We want to restore that intimacy with God as soon as we can. 
Because like the Bible says, the joy of the Lord is our strength, right? When we're wallowing in sin and guilt and shame, there's no joy there. The joy of the Lord is our strength. We come to Him, we get that thing forgiven, we get restored, and the joy comes, which strengthens us for the rest of our day, doesn't it? So in other words, when you sin, when I sin, uh, when you blow it and you know it, don't let a bunch of time go by. Get that thing taken care of right away. Uh, we, we don't want to have that, that distance between us and God. Um, but also, if we're really going to align our hearts with God, as we talked about last week, that does take some time, doesn't it? Uh, I, I'll never forget the time that um, a, a struggle that, that I was having and I came before the Lord and, and he was talking to me about it. Um, not, well, let me, let me give you this verse. Uh, Hebrews chapter 4, verse 5. This is probably one of my, if you've been in the Bible study on Wednesdays, you know this is probably one of my favorite verses of all time. Hebrews 4, 15. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses. Don't you love that? Jesus Christ came in human form to identify with us, with our human condition. He is well acquainted with temptation. Remember when he was in the garden struggling? He knew what God wanted, the Father wanted him to do. And he's like, I got all this pain and suffering coming up ahead. I really don't want to do this. Father, would you release this cup from me? And then he comes to that place, that blessed place of surrender where he says, not my will but thine be done. You're glad he did that this morning, right? But I, I love that. He's not unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. No, not the exact temptation, but the same category of temptation. Every single one that we can face, he faced. Uh, let us then, with confidence, verse 16, draw near to the throne of of grace. What is grace? Grace is unmerited favor and power from God to help us in our weaknesses. The throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Okay, So we come to God and when we share our weaknesses and our struggles before Him, He gets it. Jesus understands. Aren't you glad? He's not one to go, yep, you blew it. You're, uh, you're just a sorry, you know, whatever. No, he understands. And he's there for us in our weaknesses. Uh, I recall a time that I got really angry about something that somebody did. And I expressed that anger with words and actions that I, quite frankly, was not too proud of. Um, but when I came to the Lord with it, and, you know, yes, I, well, it took me a little bit to calm down, so I wasn't immediate in my confession. Um, but I did confess, and later when I got before the Lord, it was amazing uh, just, just what he did in that. Because as him and I talked about it, he was, uh, and, and I, you know, I paraphrase, you know, but the idea was God was saying to me, how did you get there? How did you get to that place where you blew it? And he showed me that there were some unresolved frustrations that I had already had in other situations, right? So 
I was able to go back and resolve those, you know, whether to have a conversation with somebody, whether to just forgive somebody, whatever, get that out before the Lord, get current, right? Get the, get the stuff from underneath the rug and deal with that so that, you know, and then what about this straw that broke the camel's back? You know, why was this, you know, such a big deal that set you off and God identified triggers in my heart and life. See, this is, this is the, the, the grace to help in time of need. It goes way beyond just saying, God, I blew it, forgive me, and go on. There is grace that God wants to share with you and I to help us in our struggles, in our weaknesses. And he, he is, you know, what did Jesus say? That, that, that God is generous, right? He's with grace. He wants to help us. He's not just, you know, it's, it's not the law anymore. You broke the law, you're... No, we have a relationship with God, don't we? So, um, then, and, and then, if, if that wasn't good enough, because that's good stuff, right? The Lord dropped this on me. You know, he says, what, what does it say in Romans 8.28? Well, Romans 8.28, it says that you're working all things together for my good. And he said, well, do you believe that? Yes. Do you really believe that? Because if you really, really believe that, why would you get so upset at what that person did? Because if I'm going to bless your life, what, what, what can they do? Right? If I'm really in charge and I'm going to work all these situations for good, why do you have to fly off the handle? Well, well, that makes sense, right? So there was, a, there was, there was a, an opportunity for me to not only gain from the situation, but help for the future, right? Mercy from the throne and grace to help in time of need. And now I've got a, now I've got a plan. Now I've got a, a strategy for the future when something happens. I don't have to get all bent out of shape because my God is working all things together for good. I take it from a, a, a situation of emotional, you know, blah, to a place of faith and say, okay, all right? This is the kind of thing that God can do for us when we don't just, you know, again, it's not about right and wrong, good and bad. We have a relationship with someone who is called the wonderful counselor who wants to bless us with wisdom and insight into our own hearts and insight into situations so that we don't have to go through grief and, and shame and anger and all this kind of stuff, right? God is good. Amen. All right. So, you know, God says, I have a promise for you, Ron. I have a promise for you and a peace that you're not availing yourself of. So understand where I'm coming from here. Okay, so yes, number one, confess that thing ASAP. Get it done. But two, if, if we just simply say, Lord, forgive me and walk away, if I would have done that, I wouldn't have gotten all the rest of it, right, to help me. So we want to, we want to confess it, get it done, but we also want to take time 
to sit before the Lord with our weaknesses and our struggles. So that's, that's the when. That's the when. Uh, how should we confess our sins? How is a matter of the heart? It's always a matter of the heart with God, isn't it? Psalm 51 uh, and verse 6. And if you want to see uh, a, a picture, this, this is the greatest biblical picture of repentance in the Bible. This is David, of course, after his adulterous affair and, and all of this. David truly, genuinely repents before God. Read Psalm 51. It's absolutely beautiful, and uh, it, it, it'll bless your heart. But he says this in verse 6. He says, Behold, you delight in truth in the inward being. You delight in truth in the inward being. The how is honest and open. Listen, God knows it all anyway, <laughs> right? Um, Psalm 139, David says, you, you know when I sit down and when I rise up, you discern my thoughts from afar. God not only knows what we did, he knows why we did it. He knows the whole process in our thoughts and heart as we're making decisions to do this, to say this, whatever. He knows it all, right? It gets into our heart farther than we do. So we're not hiding anything. So we might as well be perfectly honest and open with him again with our struggles and our weaknesses that we all have. And he understands and wants to help us with those. The how is also with humility. Uh, remember we talked about the uh, in, in the garden when Adam and Eve first sinned that God says, Adam, where are you? And he says, well, you know, it's, it's, it's her fault. It was that woman you gave me, Lord. She gave it to me and I, she made me, you know, it's like our kids, right? When he started it. Nobody ever heard that in your home, right? He started it. We can do that with the Lord, can't we? Well, they started it, Lord. You know, I did this because... No, you did this because you made a decision to do this, right? I mean, that didn't work with your kids. <laughs> God's not saying, oh, oh, that's why. Okay, you can sin. Now I get it. It didn't work. That didn't work with your kids either, right? You didn't tell your kids that. Neither did I. So, No. Um, we've got to get away from justifying, blame shifting. Um, confession comes with taking responsibility for our actions, doesn't it? Regardless of what anyone else does. Um, Ephesians, you know, when, when I've done in pre-marriage, marriage, marriage um, counseling, it's, it's like, you know, the Bible says, husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. You know, wives, respect your husbands, right? But it doesn't say, if they do this, then you do your part. If they, if they re, you know, respect you, then you love them. If they love them, then you, no. We are all responsible to God for our actions, aren't we? No matter what anybody else does, it's us and the Lord making decisions. So, get the justifying, the blame shifting. Um, and, and when you think about it, if we justify what we've done, we don't even need forgiveness, do we? 
And we certainly don't need any extra help, you know, from the Lord, His wisdom to, to guide us because, you know, we were perfectly justified in what we did anyway. No. All that does is set us up to keep doing the same thing over and over and over and over again. Interesting, David, when he initially uh, tried to hide his sin and his bones wasted away, right? We talked about that. Um, once he confessed, he says, blessed is the one whose transgression is forgiven. David had that experience with God where that, that sin and that shame and that guilt was wiped away. And he goes, wow, this is awesome. This is so much better than walking with that heaviness, right? The intimacy with God restored, the joy restored. This is, this is awesome. Um, he found that mercy and grace to help. He was so impacted by that experience. Look what he says later in life, Psalm 139, 23. He says, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts and see if there be any grievous way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. In other words, David got to the point where he says, well, you know, I, I, I've confessed all that I know, but I'm, I'm kind of with Jeremiah, the heart's deceitful and desperately wicked. Who can Our hearts deceive us, right? So I've confessed everything. Lord, would you search me? Would you tell me if you find anything in there that was wrong, you know, that was sin? Let shine your light, Lord, in my heart. Talk to me. Because he knows he's not going to get condemnation. He knows he's going to get that blessed experience of being finding mercy and grace to help in time of need. So he says, I don't want anything in the way between you and me in this relationship. I don't want to hold on to sin. I don't want to say, you know, cherish it in my heart and get that distance and, and I'll know. Show me, talk to me what's going on. Paul said that. He said, you know, my, my heart doesn't condemn me, condemn me, but God is greater. You know, God knows what's really going on. So the how, honest, open, taking responsibility. How is also coming before the Lord with a willingness to listen and respond. Listen and respond. You, you know, if, if you and I come before the Lord with our sins, our struggles, and we really have no intention of changing anything, we can confess until we are blue in the face and it does absolutely no good. Are you with me? Let's get real, right? God will give us that grace to help. He will show us mercy. He'll help us with our struggles if we have a sincere desire to do what's right. He will provide the power to change. We need to provide the willingness. Amen? So how do we confess? With truth, honesty, humility, and that willingness to say, your will be done. Your will be done. I need your help in this, Lord. He has no, you know, there's a big difference between struggling with sin and justifying sin, right? We can have struggles that we've had for years or whatever, but when we come honestly before the Lord, say, like, God, I really want this situation to take, I don't want to keep falling into this thing over and over and over again. Versus, I'm Irish, I got an anger problem, so what? 
you know, or it's my red hair, you know, and we justify it, don't we? Um, it's just the way I am. I'm never going to get, no, that's the one hand. The other hand is God, help me. Remember the, uh, the, the story Jesus told about the, the, the Pharisee and the, and the tax collector and the Pharisee was like, God, I thank you. I'm not like this tax collector here because I tithe and I do this and I do that. And that was a tax collector. Lord, be merciful to me, a sinner. God has no problem with the difficulties and struggles we have as we're honest with him in those things. Again, he wants to help us. So we confess with truth, honesty, willingness. And finally this morning, to whom do we confess? To whom should we confess? God or man? And again, the answer is yes. Yes. To God for forgiveness, for cleansing, for restoration, for that grace to help in time of need. But also, we need to confess to humans for some very, very good reasons. If you have the kind of friend that you can really be open with and they with you, what a blessing. Because number one, you find out you're not the only one who struggles. You're not the only one that struggles. And then so Satan can't convince you that you're some kind of failure, never going to get it right, and everybody else has it all together. I don't want to see your hands, but I, I, I've been there. I've been there. I see some head, heads nodded, right? Um, when, when he... You, you, I, I say this a lot, but you see the nature shows where they, where they separate from the herd, right? That's, that's how they get the... Uh, that's what Satan wants to do with us. Separate. You're, you're bad. You're wrong. You're, you, everybody else, I mean, look at them. They're all, you know, uh, they're this and they're that and the other thing, and you're, you're, you're just a miserable Christian. You'll never amount to anything. And when we get that way, we're down, we're discouraged, right? Never can move forward out of that. But then we find out, really? You struggle with some things too? It, it, it strengthens us. When somebody that we know is also fighting that good fight and trying to get closer to God, it motivates us, it strengthens us to do the same thing. So confession one to another is a good thing. It's a powerful thing. Number two, for needed support and encouragement. We need each other, don't we? Needed support and encouragement. You don't have to fight alone. Look what James says in chapter 5, verse 16. And, and, and here it is. If you want, the, if you want the, the verse, therefore confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. A classic verse, probably the classic verse of the power of prayer. Prayer has great power when it's working, right? The prayer of the righteous. Again, not in our own righteousness, but the righteousness that God gives us. But we, we all know this verse about prayer, right? How powerful it is. I'll bet most of us didn't know what the context was. The context of this verse is praying for someone who's struggling with sin. And God says that prayer is powerful and effective. 
The power of God is released into someone's life when we pray for them. Released into our life when someone is praying for us, interceding for us. Not to have to go through those struggles and temptations and trials alone. Great power. Great power. Effective power. That's part of the gift of the body of Christ. Being there for one another. Galatians 6 speaks about those that are overtaken in a sin. Someone's overtaken in a sin, right? You who are spiritual, uh, restore them in a spirit of meekness, right? No, knowing your own heart, knowing that you can be tempted too, right? We don't go and say, oh boy, look at so-and-so. No, we go understanding, right? Restore them. And then it goes on to say, bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Bearing one another's burdens. Helping to carry that load, right? Helping them in prayer get through those struggles. It's part of what we're here for. I don't need to go to church to be a Christian. No, but we, <laughs> if I heard that a million times, you don't have to, be, but you have to to live like one because part of living as a Christian is being there for one another, having this. We found that out during the pandemic, didn't we? Um, we, we? We need each other in the body of Christ. And part of being there, part of being that help, number three, is accountability. Accountability. It's harder to be accountable to a human than to God, who we can kind of pretend is not there sometimes. Or is that just me? That's probably just me. But anyway, uh, human accountability is a powerful uh, deterrent, if you will, um, I've told you before that I have software on all my devices uh, that tracks my internet usage, and that tracking is sent to my accountability partner. Uh, be real. Um, a lot of those, those mouse clicks start out as little curiosities that are not too hard to talk ourselves into. Click, click, I wonder, you know, click. But boy... Um, they sure turn into gateways into more and worse stuff, don't they? Um, but knowing that someone else is going to know about that click and where it went and how it all started can take that quick little mouse clip and shorten it down and shut it right down to nothing. Right? Yeah. Whether that's internet usage or struggling with anger, or gossip, or alcohol, or food, or flirting with someone that's not your spouse, or whatever struggle that we have in this world of ours, having someone checking in with us regularly is a huge, huge blessing to help us make better and more God-honoring decisions in our lives. Now let me say this. What is a good accountability partner? Well, First, obviously, someone who's a fellow believer who can be that prayer support, who is taking us and our struggles before the throne of God. Okay? Absolutely. Uh, second, got to be someone that you trust who to be confidential and supportive. Um, I was in a church years ago, and, and they got on this, you know, 
blessings of, of good accountability. And uh, we, had a, we had a men's Bible study, and it's like, okay, you and you, and then you and you, and then you and you. You know, you're going to be accountability, but we're going to assign you. But you don't have the depth, those depths of relationships. You don't, don't have that kind of relationship with, with anybody to be able to say, I trust them enough to bear my soul. Right? These kind of relationships have to be built over time. And uh, so they need to be people that you can trust to be confidential and supportive. Again, someone you can be real with and they with you. Someone who knows your fault and loves you anyway. Right? But also loves you enough to want you to succeed, and so they're going to ask you the tough questions and look you right in the eye when they say, how's your internet been this week, right? How's your gossip been this week, right? Let's get real. How's it been? How's the struggle? And hold your feet to the fire when they need to. That's a good friend. That's a good accountability partner. Someone who believes in the transforming power of God and points us in the direction of his word. That's a good accountability partner. Right? So, all in all, we've seen over the last two weeks, regular confession um, is and always has been a hugely important part of the Christian life. It does a lot for our spiritual strength, our relationship with God, our maturity, our relationship with others, our emotional well-being, really the, the, the quality of our lives. It affects it greatly. When it's done with honesty, openness, and that willing to change. When it's done quickly, but also in longer conversations with God where we can get wisdom and grace to help. And when it's done with other believers who can come alongside us and love us and support us and challenge us, walking with us on that journey to victory. Because that's what God wants for us, church. He wants us to have victory over those struggles in our lives, doesn't he? Wants us to have victory over sin. We, we talked about this before. Why does God hate sin? Because it hurts us. It hurts our lives. It hurts our relationships. God wants us to have victory over it. Not only so that we're blessed, but so that other people can see the work of God in our hearts and lives. And they say, there is something true to this Jesus thing they tell me about. I can see the difference in them. Tell me about him. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Oh, Lord. Thank you for the gift of confession. Thank you for the power of confession and all that it does for us. Holy Spirit, once again, we just we want to give you back that place to be able to hear your voice. We, we don't want to be calloused against you, Lord. Um, things that maybe, maybe we've justified over time and... Uh, we want to hear that voice clearly, Lord, because we know that your way is better than our way. So help us, Lord. Help us to hear that voice. Help us to come before you, confessing those sins, 
getting that help from you, that wisdom and grace that we need to walk in your way, to experience your blessing, your joy, and to let our lives speak for you to the world around us. Thank you, Lord. Oh, God, thank you for your goodness. Thank you, Jesus, that you didn't come into the world to condemn it, but to save it. Thank you for your love for us. Be glorified in our lives. For Christ's sake.